Salam Salam from BA. This is the Rorschach Ethiopia update from the 21st of July 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Ethiopia. Ethiopia is a country with a diverse population in terms of religion and ethnicity. However, unfortunately, this diversity has sometimes been used to spread hate. Recall that a few months ago, a conflict broke out between the Orthodox Christians and Muslims in Gondar in the Amhara region and in Warabe in the southern region. On Thursday the 14th, the Ministry of Justice, in collaboration with the Federal Police Crime Investigation Bureau, revealed a report on the clash. According to the report, the Gondar conflict broke out at the funeral of a well-known Muslim elder. Muslims started to collect rocks close to a nearby church, but since that was a disputed area, Christians started to throw stones in an effort to protect the zone. It was at that moment that a bomb was thrown and killed three people. The conflict spread over to the city of Gondor, which resulted in the total destruction of a mosque and 20 deaths. Over a hundred people were injured and more than a hundred individuals were arrested for the crimes committed in the clash. On that same day, Muslims enraged by the conflict in Gondar started attacking churches and Christians in Warabe city in the southern region. Four Orthodox churches were damaged, and one of them was completely destroyed. There were two casualties, and 12 people were severely injured. The Ministry of Justice has filed charges against 97 individuals. The report also talked about an attack on Amharans in Jinka city in the southern region. The attack resulted in the destruction of property worth about 250 million bur, or 5 million US dollars, and the eviction of more than a thousand people. The police has detained more than 750 suspects. The Ministry of Justice said that it will file charges against 140 of the suspects as the others are under the jurisdiction of the zonal government. Moving on, a few weeks ago we told you that the government had put together a negotiating team to cut a deal with the Tigris People Liberation Front, or TPLF. This week the TPLF said that it has put together a team to send to Nairobi for the negotiations. However, they didn't say the name of the negotiators or how many were in the team. On Thursday the 14th, the Gambela region's communication office said that the government had imposed a curfew in the region's capital, in Gambela city. Except for ambulances and security personnel, individuals are not allowed to drive around or move about from 8pm until 5.30am. However, less than a week later, on Wednesday the 19th, the curfew was lifted. Alasar Terefe, a journalist who works for the news outlet Al Ain, was arrested on Thursday the 14th. Alasar's colleague, Dawid Begashaw, said that the officers that arrested him accused Alasar of not supporting the government's tree planting campaign and of saying, quote, we will remove plants that have grown with blood, end quote. Perhaps this relates to the government's focus on planting trees instead of protecting people. Two weeks ago, the prime minister said that even with people dying, the government will plant the trees. He said, quote, we will plant trees where people are buried, end quote, which ruffled some feathers. A day after Alazar's arrest, on Friday the 15th, the Ethiopian Mass Media Professional Association issued a statement calling for such arrests and abductions to stop. Officers have forcefully taken into custody tens of journalists without observing legal procedures over the past few weeks. The association said that these abductions were the government's attempts to hinder the growth of the media sector. They also said that some government officials are trying to depict journalists as troublemakers and asked the executive to put a stop to this and other unfair measures the government has been taken. 
Speaking of arrests, last week we told you about individuals arrested for committing fraud in the lottery draw of the 4060-2080 housing programs in Addis Ababa. Dr. Mulukan Haftu, Addis Ababa City Council member and head of the city's Bureau of Innovation and Tech, was among the 10 people suspected of being involved in the fraud. However, since he is a member of the council, he has immunity, which means that prosecutors can't file charges against him. Still, if the city council votes were to revoke his immunity, prosecutors will be able to file charges. And to that end, the city council voted on the matter on Friday the 15th and opted with an overwhelming majority to strip Dr. Mulukan of his immunity. He was taken into police custody the same day. However, Dr. Mulukan is not the only government official suspected of committing fraud. The police also detained the National Disaster Risk Management Commission Commissioner, Mituku Kasa, on Wednesday the 13th. The commissioner, in collaboration with an NGO called El Shadi, collected food and clothes that were meant to be sent to evicted people. However, it turns out they had made the whole thing up, there were no people in need, and the NGO and Mitiku sold the aid. The Federal Police Commission's PR head, Jaylan Abdi, said that the police commission was on Mitiku's case for two years, but that didn't take him into custody because they needed the government's approval. Speaking of injustices, Biniya Museyas, a medical science student at the Addis Ababa University with a minor disability, was told that he couldn't continue studying medicine because of his condition. What's worse is that he had already been studying there for four years and the university found out about his impairment only a few weeks ago. On Tuesday the 12th, the university's Health Science College Chief Executive Director issued a statement saying that they were going to change Minion's field of study, which caused a major uproar on social media. A few days later, on Friday the 15th, the university reversed their decision and allowed Minion to continue with his course of studies. The Ethiopian Electricity Utility said that it is conducting a study to increase fees for electricity services. This fee has stayed the same for four years, but now inflation rates are skyrocketing. The utility's deputy CEO, Bezuwork de Mise, said that the inflation in domestic and international markets has increased the prices of necessary equipment and that the corporation can only buy it if it increases the price. Bezuku Work also said that the tariff proposal is being prepared and will be sent to the Council of Ministers for approval. The United States Agency for International Development said that it has donated 55 million US dollars to Ethiopia to alleviate the food crisis. Food insecurity has become even more concerning to Ethiopia since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which increased the prices of food and fertilizers. In sports news, the World Athletics Championship kicked off in Eugene, Oregon on Friday the 15th, and Ethiopian athletes have been on fire. They brought home three gold, four silver, and one bronze medals and ranked second in the medal table right after the host, the US. All three gold medals were from long-distance runs. Ethiopia was victorious in both the men and women marathon as well as the women's 10,000 meters. And before we say goodbye... On Monday the 11th, electronic dance music artist Rothman released his much-anticipated album Sidest, which means sex. About a month ago, Rothman signed with a major record label, Universal Music Group, becoming the first and only Ethiopian artist to sign with them. In his latest album, Rothman combines elements of traditional and modern sounds. In some tracks, he featured local artists as well as international artists like Julian Marley, son of music legend Bob Marley. You can check his new album using the link in the show notes. And that's it for this week. Do you like the updates? Tell your friends. You don't? Tell us how we can get better. Let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at ethiopia at Ciao!